Hello everyone and welcome back to Even More Eyes to our new season. I don't know what season we're on right now, but we're going to be discussing the new Doctor Strange film, which came out just a few days ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so film review time. This hey. is supposed to be the sequel to the original Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. but obviously it's been interspersed with all the stuff that's happened since, including like the stuff that happened with Spider-Man. Yes, uh, yeah. And... You know, so basically everything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that Doctor Strange has been involved in, because this is a film review, there are going to be spoilers. Get with the program. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now I have been speaking for a while, so I'm just going to leave this to you, James. What did you think of this film? Should we do a little synopsis just to familiarize okay, people fine. with that? I know. Synopsis. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange the in the multi madness of. Multiverse yeah. of Madness, yeah. The Multiverse um, of Madness, which at first I was wondering what that title was about, and then you actually yeah. watch the film and you're like, oh yeah, they're actually being very literal about it. So the film actually begins with Doctor Strange realizing that he is supposed to save this girl who has a power that is being sought after by some evil person, and then it starts off looking like a dream, and then the girl actually falls into Doctor Strange's reality, mm-hmm. and he ends up battling a couple of monsters and the like, and a massive plot twist occurs when we realize that the person he went to for help was actually the person who had been hunting this girl to begin with. The villain. Um, and, yeah. So the story is really just Doctor Strange attempting to protect this girl from a bad guy who wants her powers for their um. for themselves uses that's, yeah yeah mm. that's that's mm. a story in like the simplest yeah. sense yeah and that's me attempting not to give spoilers while we no, promptly go on to giving spoilers in about five minutes so <laughs> 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 but anyway this is so that in case you wanted to know what the film was about you can stop at this point pause the podcast go watch it and then listen to us so moving on from that synopsis i'm usually not the one who does this james you should get on your job by like next week <laughs> Um, <laughs> I will do. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, like, passing the baton now to you, mm. James. What do you think about this film? I have to be honest. I was not particularly impressed by this one, as I had been by some of the other multiverse films that they have done, but especially No Way right. Home. I just found it moved at such a pace. You know, the beginning sequence, you, they introduce America Chavez and her interdimensional power. It really does sort of throw you into it. And within, you know, the yeah. first half an hour of the film, you've shot from that sequence to Stranger at the Wedding to then him fighting this kind of weird suicide squad alien thingy to then setting up the whole idea of the of the multiverse and traveling across the multiverse and then of course wonder and all of that stuff um i just i can't quite put my finger on it really it just Mm. felt very overwhelming at times and Mm. what i think with as when we discussed no way home and when we discussed especially also into the spider-verse that spider-man film when you're dealing with such a huge concept like the multiverse i think there needs to be a very strong character or thematic kind of core that allows for you to to navigate with these characters 
across this space because the idea of going across various realities within a single film I think is you know it's tricky it's difficult you know you've got to establish the rules of different places or how they're traveling and so on and I mm. just felt with this that if there was a kind of character arc and if there was a a core to the film it was it was a bit thin and it was a little bit weak his arc seemed to be him accepting the fact that you know things are quite scary at times like his emotional connections I guess as a kind of a lead on from the first film but mm. that that felt very lost then in in all the other great machinations of the film you know like the, the strange fulfilling particular role and them having to stop him at various points and so on and then when you look on the other side at wonder i thought that that was a mixture of confusing because i thought she had come to terms with sort of loss and grief at the end of WandaVision though someone told me mm. there is obviously a post-credit sequence where she's playing around with the dark book um, mm. and then slightly regressive because it's about this woman who so desperately wants to be a mother who in all these other realities apparently is a mother that it mm. seems to be very one track she's either going to be a mother in these different realities or she's going to be like the wonder we see in, in our reality and yeah. combined with that is a treatment of the character that you know Elizabeth Olsen I don't think she's as good in this as she was in WandaVision I don't it, it's a bit sort of everything's very pent up and you know she's doing all this stuff I have been very reasonable and then you've got <laughs> and then you've got she's treated like a monster for most of it mm. for the rest of yeah. it um and I I just didn't I it, it it felt to me to be a bit as I say, a bit a bit reductive of that particular character. Um, yeah. And then the last thing you've got, I guess, is with America Chavez, a very kind of almost silly backstory um, mm. combined with almost a Wizard of Oz type. Oh, she could always do the things that she was meant to do. She just had to believe yeah. in herself. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I thought that was quite week at the end uh, i know what they were doing which was of course the idea that cumberbatch in all these eventualities has to take her power or that was at least the suggestion and yeah. he then found another way which is saying no you just have to you gotta trust yourself kid you know and i, I thought it was a bit like oh, okay how convenient <laughs> <It comes at laughs> this particular moment in the film yeah mm. i um very mcguffin led as well it yeah. While I think what I did like was the some of the visuals are very striking, this sort of lead into leaning, sorry, into horror. Um, yeah, quite. I mean, appropriate for its title, I guess. Like it was, it was mm. mad, but mad as connected with that particular genre. That was my initial, yeah, impression of it. I mean, I've had a thought about it since yesterday, as it stayed on my mm. mind. But I have to. I don't know. I was quite underwhelmed. I have to be honest. Yeah. Hmm. I, Over to you. Oh, thank you. Now, this is going to be one of those podcasts which is the reverse. <laughs> <laughs> because you were underwhelmed and I was whelmed by it. I wasn't sure how they were going to play it. Hmm. But I think the way I was looking at it was in terms of instead of looking at the logistical elements of the plot line, which is the stuff that I'm normally interested yes, in, like how yeah, this yeah, all yeah. Work <laughs> and so on and so forth, I was looking more in terms of like the character progressions of the mm. plot line. So I was looking mm. at the character of Doctor Strange and the character of Wanda in mm. the story and how each of them had evolved since. And mm. I think what this movie did that I liked very much compared to like what they did in No Way Home is the retelling of the story of the villain 
it stepped away from that cartoon villain kind of like tendency and made it look like okay this villain does have a reason for being the way they are and you kind of understand it very well from that context and it's almost somewhat empathetic especially when you think about what happened in the WandaVision series but the thing I was really concerned about with what they were going to do in this which I think was my favorite part of it is what they did with Doctor Strange himself remember when we we're talking about No Way Home there was a segment when, when I was like what the fuck is Doctor Strange about? Because he just created a problem with his one-track way of doing things. Mm, mm, mm. And I think that's what they touched on a lot in this film, which is that every other Doctor Strange had mirrored that tendency of having a one-track way of doing things. It mm -hmm. must be my way or the highway. I have to be the one who calls the shots. If you have a power that I think is necessary, I have to be the one who is using it to make sure that it does what it is meant to do, etc., etc. So every other Doctor Strange in every other universe had done something very similar. It was mm -hmm. only the version of Doctor Strange that we were following in this plotline that actually learned the lessons from not being like himself. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about what Doctor Strange would have done in No Way Home, he just wanted to return all the bad guys to their realities to die in the way that they had died with no redemption for any of them. Mm -hmm. And then Spider-Man forced him to do things in a slightly different way. Do you see what I mean? It's like, it's, it's almost like to me, looking at this film was like looking at an evolution of Doctor Strange. Um... I'm trying and to think really because from what you've said I've picked up on is the idea that at the beginning of the film uh, of No Way Home he was quite mm. reckless because he allowed this teenager to use a spell that was going to cause all this disaster mm. um, and eventually he has to put that right you're right in the sense that he you know he looks at these variances as in all the villains and they have to be returned to their realities this is the, yeah. you know things have to be set in stone in this kind of way yeah um I guess he, he made some kind of changes there. I don't know. I, I couldn't really see that in this one. I, I felt yeah. that it was a bit more of a continuation of the character who was in the original Doctor Strange. And the only thing that stood out for me a little bit was the idea that you can't, you know, always get what you want. His mm. difficulty about Christine was that he it was just too late. It's too late and some things in life that's just the way it is you know you yeah you know and it it sounded like there was an inevitability about all of that in each of his realities um yeah i guess the end of the but, film when he decides to take a different course with america chavez and says like no i'm not going to take your power you're going to you're going to be the one to do it is i yeah. guess an admission to that or at least is an expression of the idea that no eventualities don't have to dictate our lives we can make different yeah. choices um yeah which would seem to me to be a, a thread between that and the concept of a multiverse i.e that you know, all our different choices lead to variances of ourself but then this is what i found maybe slightly confusing about the film is because in in terms of the concept of the multiverse is yes mm. there are i guess there are constants and there are variables um yeah it's just that the constant constant uh, the constants <laughs> um, are, are quite convenient in a way, especially, say, for the character of Wanda. I was very confused by the idea that she would be a mother in multiple realities, every other reality mm. bar this one. But maybe I didn't hear no, that no, right. No. I'm not sure. No, yeah, sorry, but just, you, you were talking about Doctor Strange. No, she, so just, yeah, yeah. No, she just said that she was a mother in many realities, not in all of them. Okay. And I think the problem was that because of her access to the dark hole, she was being haunted by those ideas. So right. in effect, like the way I saw Wanda was like, Wanda was someone who was one, depressed, and two, had been pushed to obsessive madness because of the Darkhold, because that's what it does. That's mm. why the Darkhold isn't supposed to be held. 
by anybody because it essentially takes whatever you desire and magnifies it to the point of obsession. Right. So that's what happened to Wanda and that's what happened to all the Doctor Stranges as well. Because that's what they said, that once Doctor Strange started playing with the Darkhold, he became very obsessive about the concept of the multiverse itself. That's what happens when you are using the Darkhold. You become obsessive because it's a tool that's supposed to grant you power, but it grants you power in a very specific direction of something that you want. Mm. So it effectively takes over your mind. And that's why it's very difficult to use it as any sort of thing. So what happened with Wanda in many ways was a consequence of her dabbling with the Darkhold. Right, okay. So her becoming very obsessive about getting children at all costs, even if that meant killing herself in that other universe, that's just... That's the madness that comes from using the Darkhold. That's why the film was so titled. Because the same thing happened with when he met that other Doctor Strange that had used the Darkhold to the point of the third eye. Yes. It's the same thing. So the madness that we were looking at was a consequence of the Darkhold. It wasn't just a thing that Wanda had as as like a character flaw. I mean... The reason why it becomes confusing is because, like, Wanda from WandaVision, it was about her sort of grief-inspired madness, but it was very different from the madness of this one. Yeah. I completely understood Wanda. Like, even down to why she was doing what she did, especially considering the, the entire premise. And the funny thing is that all of this stuff happening with Wanda is kind of Strange's fault. Go on. Because Wanda's grief began when Vision was killed. And Vision was killed during the Infinity War. And oh, the right, method yeah. by which they won that Infinity War was Strange's method. Yeah, his calculation. Mm. So in a sense, Wanda kind of blames Strange just a bit for what happened. Mm. Which explains why she's so angry. Because if you think about everyone who was talking to Strange about what they had lost because of that war, Wanda yes, is yeah, just yeah, one yeah. of many people. So in that sense, that's why I was like, I kind of understand Wanda. Like, as much as what she was doing was obsessive and, well, like, bordering on just insane, it also made sense to me that she would get that way, especially when you are that powerful. No, I I understood her motivation in the film, don't get me wrong. I just, I found it to be a bit, as I say, a bit two-dimensional because I think that it seemed, again, if you've watched WandaVision and you mm. see the arc of her character through that, you feel that she's come to settle to some extent mm. with the idea of obviously Vision being gone and letting go and yeah. so on. That that seemed to be yeah. the arc of that film. And then a post-credit yeah. sequence comes in and she's playing around with the Darkhold and there's this whole thing about yeah. the children, which then becomes obviously her, her main motivation in this. I wish yeah. that that had had a little bit more to it if you like because also the the Mm. presentation of the children themselves or the life that she wants is fairly Mm. you know like you know cuddly cookie mom and little darlings and so on yeah with this i don't know for me with wonder it it, as i said it, it just the energy that was behind her that motivation and i know what you're saying you have the MacGuffin, if you like of the dark hold that is Mm. fueling this I guess dark or or evil energy, whatever it is that mm. that giving into her worst impulses. Um, yeah, it just, as I say, going into it slightly confused by it, based on what I'd seen with Wonder Vision, and after that, there just seemed to be very little that this is the track that she was on, and. Mm. I just found the intentions behind it, or at least the driving motivation, to be a little bit problematic. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. That, that's I. If if we're saying that 
Wanda is being so influenced by this this dark book that for me is is, mm. it's not just that it's merging with her actual emotional state Mm. because just because Wanda has gotten over vision doesn't mean that she's any less lonely and and depressed so to me the children were just a convenient escape Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like when the when the movie starts the first thing you can see very clearly is that Wanda is alone and depressed well it's hard isn't it because we're she she's introduced in quite a deceptive way. I mean, that's the twist, yes. isn't it? It's like she, that's she's... The, yeah, exactly. Mm. That's the whole point. But it's like, even without that, right? Even before she does the whole deception to Doctor Strange, remember that scene where like she just wakes up from the dream and you just are left with her for like five seconds? Oh, yeah. No, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd forgotten And I saw that just yeah. like, okay, she is not... She's she in. is depressed. Like, mm. Wanda is very depressed. Imagine what would happen if a lot of depressed people had Wanda's power. Mm -hmm. Like you can basically bend reality to do what you want. And then you're also playing around with a book that makes you obsessive about the things you want. Mm -hmm. And then you now find out that there is somebody who can get you what you want, that you're obsessing over. That's basically the the formula for Wanda. For me, as I say, yes, I had seen Wanda Vision. And when going into this film and suddenly thinking, oh, 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 right, okay, so she's now a kind of, you know, obsessive, upset monster. Uh, and that mm. has been exacerbated by, or that has been caused by this evil device. For me, it just, it felt a bit, as I say, convenient and a bit weak. But yeah. I, I, I hear what you're saying, though, and I, I think it's uh, well argued in terms of these these other aspects of the backstory, especially in terms of the overarching thing with Strange and Infinity War and Endgame. Mm. I can I can see yeah. that continuity a little bit more present now in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Just listening to you right now, I have this feeling that this plotline is probably a little more appreciable to people who are already fanboys who kind of already know that stuff. And if you don't know that stuff, it just looks like another plot device or another like uh, MacGuffin. Because if you look at the Marvel comics, the Darkhold book itself literally had an entire series. Like every time there was a page missing, they had to hunt down that page because wherever it was, it was causing a lot of chaos. Right. The book itself is powerful and evil. And so for someone to have the entire tomb and to be using it for whatever thing that they're doing and this is for someone who is already mentally vulnerable because that's what Wanda is I mean she went through grief already and she just finished getting over the loss of vision but then she gets to the end of it and like okay she just gotten over that loss but she's still alone she's still depressed she's still wondering what to do with her life and then now starts playing with the dark hold and now starts seeing like alternate realities of where she could be happy with this book that like essentially amplifies your worst traits and and desires that she has her own anger about even having to go through this grief in the first place because it all became as a result of Doctor Strange's actions. Mm. And then Doctor Strange now shows up and is like, oh, by the way, there's this person whose power can grant you what you are obsessing over. Yes, But yeah. I'm going to protect them from you because, um, yeah, I don't think you should use this power to make yourself happy. And then she's like, where do you get the right?" to tell me what to do when the only reason I'm in this situation right now is because of you. Yeah. And to me, that's just how I saw the entire plot. So like her anger, I kind of understood where it came from. And Strange also had to reckon again with some of those consequences of what he did, which I guess maybe contributed to 
why he did things differently by the end because you can't just keep sacrificing people for your greater good ideal because those sacrifices come with consequences there are people who are grieving there are people who are dying you know everything about wonder was kind of a consequence of that yeah i i think but what you said earlier about this being very much a film that had a lot of lore from both other continuity so whether they're comics whether they are tv yeah. series and so on you know this is the thing about the whole now of of the marvel cinematic universe the multiverse of the marvel the mcu is the question for the casual fan or the casual film goer is how much do you need to know to watch to walk into this film to sit down and say okay I'm ready to watch this and appreciate it because it can't, it doesn't have the time to go and re-explain things. You can only sort of, you know, like dot it throughout the film. They have to also be self-contained adventure films as well. Now, a sequel like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, you probably should have watched Doctor Strange 1. That, I think, yeah. it, it must be the case. However... Yeah, but do you do you know you also need to have watched Wonder Vision? You also need to have yeah. watched um, probably I don't know what Infinity like, War. Infinity War. You to, infi yeah. If you don't see Infinity War, it doesn't make sense. You need no. to have seen Infinity War, and for you to have seen Infinity War, you should have seen Guardians of the Galaxy. So basically, there are so many things you needed to have seen for you to understand this film. And I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I I do wonder to what extent this film becomes a bit of a. If you're in, if you're in the know, you can, you know, really enjoy it, like it, yeah. so on. If you're yeah. not, if you're kind of a, you know, a slight traveller with this, you know, pop in, pop out. Yeah. It, it, I, I think it could be quite confusing. Quite, it is, yeah. You know, like, and like I said, maybe that's what renders it down to be because it felt like a for me a bunch of stuff from one bit mm. to the next was happening with some people I sort of recognize and sort of understand. Um, but I, I'm not quite sure what else. And I know I'm, I'm dealt, I'm, I feel like I'm in the deep end here and I'm, I'm mm. <laughs> I can't swim with the current. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Well, what you're saying is absolutely true. I think films like this, like Marvel Cinematic Universe films, especially have almost become their own sort of like, world in the in, in in a sense like you if you ever try to understand that world by stepping into any of the recent films you're going to be quite confused mm. because a lot of the time they are going to be making references to stuff that have already happened whether that is a running joke or a part of the plot that was you know, that came from a previous film or whatever yeah i also found that but I think you have explained it a little bit. I was trying to work out, okay, so you evoke the concept of a multiverse. And one of the great things about that, especially in challenging the idea, and this is obviously comes into the Spider-Verse, of there being one story, like, you know, the single yeah. narrative and that being, uh, you know, having to follow convention. It has to go boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. And I was trying to think about, okay, in this film, in what ways had they discussed alternates? They and I think they touched on the one thing, at least obviously, which is like mm. you said, one thing that you might consider with your choices in life, and then saying, "Okay, I'm on this tracker," but there's many other versions of of me, maybe across a multiverse, theoretically speaking. And like you said, the one thing that people will ask themselves is, you know, how 
uh, you know, are they ha- are they happier or are they sadder? Did I yeah. make the right choice yeah. and so on in life? And I don't know. I, I I got that was there. I guess I didn't really see that in this particular film. But maybe I don't know. Maybe you, you might could say more on that. How do you mean by like what did what do you mean by you didn't quite see? Well, as I say, you evoke the concept of a multiverse. Mm-hmm. And one of the things with that is that you can have characters who, say, a hero who then has to meet multiple versions of themselves. And yeah. what that introduces is not that, that there isn't just one particular like storyline that this person has to follow. And that actually yeah. some are better, some are worse. What yeah. I could pick up with this is like, okay, so our Doctor Strange, as in whatever, this continuity... It seems like he's making all the right decisions. Yes, there are consequences, yeah. but really, fundamentally, yeah. he's the one making the right decisions. Everyone yeah. else seems to be fucking up. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, mm. the thing is, is it goes back to that thing we talked about, which is the interactivity when you meet your alternate selves. Mm. Because our Doctor Strange only makes the right decisions because the other one's fucked up. Mm. But that, So that everything I've, he's mm. doing is informed by them. That's why he does things differently. Not because he would have naturally done things differently, because left to his own devices, he would have done things exactly like they did. So it is the contact with the other Doctor Strangers or even stories of the other Doctor Strangers that makes him act the way he does. Yeah, but but this is what I mean by the concept of the multiverse and suddenly reducing it to a binary, i.e. that Mm. either you make the right decisions, and even this is true for Wanda, and I know, like you said, I mean, there's many other universes we can't see, there's many other versions we can't see. That's always going to be the Mm. case, I guess. Um, And maybe maybe this isn't fair to the film because it had a particular, you know, kind of, this is what it wanted to do. But it seemed to me that, um, it, it's just interesting to me that into the something like into the Spider Verse, which deals very much in, you know, there are multiple versions of this character, and you couldn't just say right, this one makes right decisions, this one makes the wrong decisions. Mm. Each of them are a version of this character, and there's not one continuity. When it comes yeah. to this, it just seemed to me, mm. and again, I'm I'm just just basing this on what I see within the film. Wonder, yeah. mother or no, and strange, he makes good decisions, as in are strange makes good decisions or everyone else fucks up and while that is like you say it's informing back to our continuity it just raises questions about the idea of a multiverse just being you know kind of one thing or another it's like two track and that's a bit Mm. of a shame because we look at things like loki which apparently some of the people who are involved in this are involved in loki that has a very Mm. similar kind of message within it maybe they just didn't want to repeat themselves but then if you you haven't Mm. got disney plus you want to watch loki (laughs) So I'm just saying that a multiverse of madness, the concept of a multiverse, I'm just wondering to what extent the possibilities of that were a bit more explored in this in a way that I think No Way Home. I'm not saying there was like one continuity for like because we got like three Spider-Men and we got the versions of these characters as well. It it seemed like but the multiverse in that made a little bit more I don't know. There was a bit more to it. It felt richer is what I'm trying to say. With this, it, yeah. it seemed to me to be reduced to yeah, one thing or another. You know, your yeah. choices lead to one way or another. And that, But that... I, w- I, mm. I would actually argue against that. I think there was nuance mm. in every single step. Okay. Because if you think about it, by the time you got to the end of the film, we had been introduced to f- 
four Doctor Strangers, and all four of them may have made different decisions that you could all that you can all group as bad, but they were all slightly different. Mm-hmm. So the very first Doctor Strange we saw was actually helping out the girl to try to get to the book of Ashanti, and I mm. think they were running away from it from an iteration of the Scarlet Witch of that universe, right? So. While they were running from Scarlet Witch in that universe and they finally got to the book of Ashanti, the bad decision he made was the thing of like, again, wanting to be in charge of the situation and then wanting to take her power and then use it to do whatever he did. And then he ended up dying. Then we mm-hmm. have our Doctor Strange. Then we have the third Doctor Strange who played around with the Darkhold, which I think was the story's way of letting us know how obsessive the Darkhold makes people, which explained what was happening with Wanda. But then even at the end of that, he sacrificed himself. Like he just let like metronome man kill him so that he would not continue yeah, yeah, to, yeah, be, yeah. Um, to be um, a problem and then they had to change the narrative as to why he died because the world needs heroes and then we had the fourth doctor strange that he met who still had the dark hold mm-hmm. so this one had not sacrificed himself but instead was watching his world slowly like degrade mm-hmm. so this one was a lot more self-preserving and still had that dark hold and was still willing to fight to 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 hold on to it despite the fact that the world was breaking down all around him and a version of himself had come in needing the dark hold to save a different universe so this one it was a lot more selfish than even the third one mm-hmm. so to me it's like there were nuances and differences to every single one of them the one thing that they all had in common was that yes they had dabbled with the dark hold at some point it, but that's with the exception of even the first one because the first one wasn't with the dark hold scarlet which was he was trying to get to the book of M. ashanti which is what the second one which is the one that we were following also did, but he got to the book of Ashanti and then that got destroyed. So he now had to regress to using the dark hold to destroy mm. Scarlet Witch. This is what I'm saying. So each of them is actually doing something different. So it's not as one or the other as you're seeing it. Also, when it comes to Scarlet Witch, her being a mother or not is actually a very filtered presentation because Scarlet Witch herself is only concerned about the realities where she's happier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's no way she's going to be presenting you with all the ones where she's sad. Well, again, if, if she is sad, or if there may be other possibilities for her, is exactly. Her hap- but is, is her is, happiness always predicated on the idea ex- that she's a mother? Because there must exactly. be other continuities and where she isn't. Yeah, mm. maybe there isn't that. But like the, we're talking about what matters to the Scarlet Witch in this universe, which is that mm-hmm. she is alone and she is depressed. Mm. So for her, finding a reality where neither of those things are happening is her priority. Mm-hmm. So what she's countering is her current reality where she's alone and she's depressed. And if being a mother and having someone in her life and feeling fulfilled doing something is her escape from that reality, that's the only thing that she's looking at. So her being a mother or not being a mother is actually the world that's filtered through the perspective of Scarlet Witch herself. She, I'm sure she didn't really care about any reality where she wasn't any of those things. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like that binary that you're presenting to me has a lot to do with how the story itself is being given to you. So I saw a lot of nuances with what we saw. And I think what was even kind of interesting was that like, even when Scarlet Witch by the end of the plot met herself, right? So the version of her that was a mother met the version of her that wasn't kind of understood where that version was coming from because they had actually shared space in her mind for a while Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and said, I know that you're sad, but just understand that no matter what they are loved. And then that kind of like made her think, you know what, fine, maybe I may not get what I want, which again ties back to the other major theme that we've been having in this plot, which is you may not always get what you want, but you have to do what's best regardless. Mm-mm-mm. And then yeah. that's, that's what actually fuels her to go back and actually say, let's destroy the dark hole because this actually almost ripped apart a family because of my obsession with this book. So it's like, to me, I, I saw a lot more nuance to it. And in as much as, 
things were presented in a kind of binary. That binary was presented for a specific reason. Because I wouldn't imagine Scarlet Witch would be showing you all the multiverses where she's also sad. No, no, I understand that, but that that that's not the yeah. That's I'm thinking more on the other side of it, which is yeah. the realities where there are other possibilities, and I wondered whether yeah. that could have been the resolution. But you know, mm. I, I understand that that's and, and, not what the film wanted the end, to do with this character. Mm. Yeah, but in the end, right? What you're asking for is what the film ended up doing, which is that the reality that we started off, which where our scholars, which was sad and obsessed and depressed. She ended up doing things quite differently. So she wasn't the one who ended up happy, but she was the one who ended up helping everyone else. Yeah. So she created that reality within her, her own space. Yes, she did not end up happy. But then there's that thing that's like Benedict Wong's character by the end of the story said, which is like asking someone whether they're happy is a very complicated question because what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. And then I guess maybe for me, the resolution that Scarlet Witch came to is that, yes, I may not be happy, but that doesn't mean that I should do things badly. Mm-hmm. And then she ended up resolving Sacrifice that. Herself. By, yeah. Yeah. By essentially almost sacrificing herself to destroy the Darkhold in every universe so that the versions of her in every other universe will stay happy, which I, which I thought was kind of noble. That's why maybe I saw this a slightly different way than you did, because mm. to me, I thought there was a lot more like, there was a lot going into what each of the characters were doing. And the thing that they all have in common is they all use the dark hole, but what actually happened consequently is, is quite different. So mm-hmm. what you're saying about it being one or the other, to me, I didn't quite see it that way. I actually mm-hmm. saw that there are variations in what they're doing. Okay. Yeah. While you were talking there and, and I was sort of thinking through it. Yeah. I mean, I could, you do see multiple versions of this character of which the end results of their actions have slightly different consequences. Yeah. Um, and I think that when you start to sort of zoom, zone in on some of the details, because as I say, it's a film that has, you know, it's a two hour, what is it, two hour, 10 minute film, and it just bombs yeah. through at times and yeah. times. It's like, fucking yeah. hell, we go from here to here, and now we're going to do this, yeah. and this is coming in, yeah. and stuff like that. That maybe having a bit more room, a bit more space. I mean, it's ironic, isn't it? Yeah. Because like, sometimes you go see, yeah. you know, these Marvel films, they pitch them and say, oh, it's going to be the longest Marvel film ever. And you think, like, oh, mm. God, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot, which a lot of it is fighting and stuff like that but yeah. at the same time maybe this ironically maybe this did need a little bit more breathing room just so it didn't yeah. just it, it yeah. just at times for me i have to be honest it, it did feel like it was just pounding at yeah. my head a bit and yeah. it, it maybe there's just a bit too much going on but that that yeah, might just be my experience much, yeah. that like you said that could just be my experience of it mm. yeah i think it, they just suffered the thing which is when you're trying to condense a story that is built around such an extensive lore Mm. and you need to explore the characters just a bit more, you may almost have to shrink the plot. And Mm. the thing is, because of how they were trying to present that general overarching plot line, which is in a way that may be slightly more entertaining to someone who may not even understand that much of the film. Like, sometimes it's better to just do like an action-packed film with the pow, 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 and just go from there. At least that keeps people kind of mildly engaged, even though they're also slightly confused. Because a lot of the stuff I'm saying now, I had to sort of like put two and two together from other sources. And that's only because I know the other sources, you know. And anyone who doesn't have access to any of that, for them, it's just going to be like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, I totally see your point in the sense that the film had to go at such a breakneck speed to be able to get its story in. But then being able to really understand the story and empathize with the characters and see like 
the details and like the subtext and and all of that it wasn't as apparent because almost every waking minute you had was them flying from one multiverse to the other yeah. fighting this and fighting that Wanda just basically decimating everything in her path so it was yeah it was a lot of that too so i'm not saying that that's not true it absolutely is the only thing i'm saying is that like there is just a bit more to the story unfortunately it isn't it isn't quite as apparent or like put front and center within these mm. stories and i feel like i having to go back and piece it together i don't know how many people would have the patience for that well, but well, that's yeah. kind of what i had to do to make sense of it yeah it's interesting what you're saying there about these kind of layers, if you like, to the film of how deep you want to go and mm. what then will make more sense to you in terms of character motivation or understanding the rules of the world or whatever it is. Yeah. At its surface, yeah. for a lot of it, it is also dappling in a genre, i.e. horror, like slasher yes. horror, like the fact they keep going yes. back to the house. Uh, I did find yes. it quite funny, though, with, with Wanda. They, <laughs> it's like um, her motif a let motif mm. or whatever it is it, it came like a piano like clashing yeah. on the piano which then obviously later yeah. on becomes a fucking you know like fantasia duel between the two yeah. doctor yeah. strangers which is one of the, the strangest <laughs> oddest sequences in the damn yeah. film i have to admit it was a bit it was yeah, a bit much it for was me really but, strange, yeah. yeah but okay yeah. so um i was yeah. wondering at some level the idea of being chased by a monster I guess yeah. fits into that particular genre quite well, and I maybe yeah, yeah. maybe if you're not willing to go that deep into it, or or you're struggling to, it's it's a bit of a you know as I say, it's a bit of a, a sort of jumble, and you're trying to make sense of it. Mm. Perhaps on that level, it works okay. You know, it, it's sort of yeah, if you like yeah. if you like that particular genre, the the slasher, um, you've got the occult in this as well. Yeah, um, yeah, it, absolutely. It, yeah, alien invasion there's there's a real mm. sort of and then the zombie because she becomes almost quite zombie like if you think about yeah like, for a exactly lot of, yeah a lot because she was film. possessing the other person's body yeah yeah which then strange obviously does at the end so yeah i guess they may have thought about that how that would let's say entertain at that level if you weren't kind of you know mm. if, if you were struggling to follow all the various strands of this and what this means to that and this book and and that thing and and that this this reference to infinity war or whatever then at least it can titillate at the level of 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 the kind yeah. of slasher thing as yeah. i say for me there's only one problem with that which is that's the kind of horror i'm not <laughs> interested in <laughs> for me for me that's a bit it's just a bit too schlocky for me for me for me mm. I, I like the horrors where there's a little bit, you know, like the subtext. You're thinking of things like, yeah. you know, Shinings or or, mm. um, the, the, or the Exorcist, where you've got a bit more of the existential dread going on. With this, I, yeah. you, they're playing at that level of the, I guess, of the horror genre. Yeah. But but I yeah. imagine there's many people who find that quite entertaining, you know. Yeah, and I think in many ways that horror genre, like dealing with stuff like demons and the occult and dead and zombies and stuff like that it does really tie in again to the dark hold lore which i think yes, this, true, this, true. this 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 movie really really does need someone who uh, uh this it really is based quite heavily on the dark hold lore itself because that was a very horror based series and i think they kind of tried to bring in some of that into this so this wasn't like the other avengers films where it's always like some intergalactic thing or like an alien race or something this stuff like actual demons and and and, and the like are you know part of what's is in the bad guys 
repertoire in this film. So I think they just try to stay kind of maybe loyal to that to some extent, while also still keeping enough of like the stuff that you said that kind of just titillates the audience at a surface level. So I think they were just really trying to balance the scales to some extent if that makes mm, any sense mm, but yeah mm. like yeah so ultimately in a sense of rounding up i think that the film did the best it could with how much it had to work with <laughs> because you have to present a story while taking into account previous stories integrating stuff from an expansive series of media and franchises but also keeping an original plot line that is useful to somebody who does may not really know all that much or for which this might even be their first Marvel film ever. So you kind of need something that is easy enough to understand at such a basic surface level while also having enough like networks and links and references to other stuff while also trying to keep this plot line kind of nuanced and complex and interesting. I thought they did quite well on that front. Like that, but that's just my opinion. Yes. The acting was a bit kind of air in some parts and some parts were yeah. literally like mm-hmm. silly, like that whole Fantasia fight scene with like the musical notes cracked me up just a bit. I was just thinking about like how, Danny Elfman was just having the time of his life thinking, you know what? They are finally going to fight with music. (laughs) And I just thought that that was funny. But other than that, I mean, besides all of that and like the attempts at comedy in some parts, which is something that the Marvel Universe has been doing, which I guess is fitting because it does come from a comic series that tends to do that in in places i thought they did quite a good job at this but that mm-hmm. was my view of it mm-hmm. like all things considered even though of course it gives you the assignment of having to follow so many parts of the marvel cinematic universe you make sense of yeah what you're looking at yeah so yeah i mean i would say i think it's interesting having this conversation to hear you sort of elaborate on certain parts that i didn't really mm. get and maybe if i'd had mm. that prior knowledge but I, I feel the same with things like you know Star Wars um, I yeah. know a lot about that in terms of the some of the lore the expanded universe and, and like when I'm watching say Book of Boba Fett or I'm watching uh, a Mandalorian and then I'm sitting there saying oh yeah that's that and that you know that was in the Clone yeah, Wars yeah, so, exactly. so episode 3 or whatever yeah. and um, you know my yeah. sibling, siblings who I watch it would look at me like oh, okay well is that right <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah exactly because yes. that's how I would feel yes. <laughs> because I'm not a big Star Wars fan so I'd just be like I don't know what that is yeah so <laughs> So, um, as a, yeah, so to hear some of those parts elaborated, especially the stuff about characterization, which I, you know, mm. considered aspects of that, I was quite in some some places overwhelmed, as in yeah. because of its, as I say, its pace, it moves Too much it just yeah. such a yeah, and it goes through such a uh, a mixture of of some very vibrant, you know, some very exciting sequences. There's lots of fighting in it, which I do find a little bit tedious. But and there's a lot. There's that's mm. you know there for the fans. Lots of magic fighting and so on. Uh, to also being at, on another side, feeling slightly underwhelmed by some of the characterization yeah. stuff, some of yeah. the dialogue. Like I, I get some of the lines probably sounded clever on the page, but then when they're delivered, but- like <laughs> do, you, do you remember that line he said, Benedict Cumberbatch said says it's going to take a lot more to kill me than killing me yes <laughs> so I'm just like, just, <laughs> you know uh, yeah okay and then, and then i think actually the funniest one was who was it was it was it lashana lynch or someone just shouts get out of my universe <laughs> Yes, I think it was well, Lashana Lynch when she was, yeah. fi- when, when she was fighting. 
When she which was fighting Scarlet Witch. Yeah, she's like, get, like, out get, get, get out of my universe. But all, all uh, actually, the, the the bit where people laughed unexpectedly is mm. when, I don't know why. They said, oh, we're part of a secret organization called the Illuminati. Illuminati, yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, that, hang on. That cracked me up. I found that so funny. But I imagine, again, Illuminati has some kind of meaning in the MCU or the yeah. Marvel, does it? Okay, so I, I, I yeah, was thinking, yeah. okay, they wouldn't, they wouldn't just throw that in it's kind of strange yeah. but all right yeah. fine um yeah. so i for me for me i was a bit underwhelmed on the characterization side i felt they mm. could have pushed the concept of the multiverse a little bit more but i, I have heard you know like as i say when you focus in on some of the details of how mm. these strangers did something you know different i, I do yeah mm. i can appreciate that maybe it just it'll take a second going i'm not sure to put this out i guess to the audience uh, the listeners to say i mean obviously you've seen it i'd say that if you're a real Marvel, like you, you, if you're swatted up, let's put it that way. I imagine it's an absolute blast and and interesting. Mm. But I think if you're, I think if you're just a casual traveler, and I am kind of with the MCU, like this series coming out on what's it Disney Plus all the time, and I'm thinking, ah, do I want yeah. to watch that? I'm not sure. No, 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 not yeah. really for me. Like, what if? No, don't. I'm not. Uh, you know, no, no, thanks. So yeah, <laughs> I, I imagine it can be quite difficult, quite frustrating. Um, yeah, so that, that that's all I'd say about it in the in the final analysis, I guess. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's fair. That's a very fair thing. That's something people have been talking about for a while now. How mm. the MCU just keeps expanding to the point that it crowds out anybody who wasn't there from the beginning. But mm. anyway, um, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. but that's kind of where we are now. So rounding up completely and saying our goodbyes. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Yeah, no, thanks for listening. Been, yeah, this has been a fun discussion. I like the fact that we actually got to give completely different perspectives. On yeah, this, yeah, this absolutely. A, yeah, and which I, and I think point, yeah. Well, we've also ended on like quite a sort of happy, agreeable note, unlike our previous yeah. disagreement, <laughs> <laughs> where people thought the podcast was over. <laughs> The, the magic of bad editing but anyway yes <laughs> and uh, also we dropped that call long before we needed to because if we had recorded the stuff we said after the after the yeah yeah after the actual podcast it would have probably would have been a lot nicer but yeah anyway exactly. i'm glad that we got to a good point on this one mm. so again thank you so much for listening i will we will see you in the next one where we're going to be discussing something that has to do with the galaxy far, far away. Yes. But only from a nostalgic perspective because we don't have time. So yes, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, see yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you for that one. And peace out. Bye. Bye. Bye.